powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Game oh Over. <laughs> um, I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to put this all together in the uh, for the for the people not watching live. But uh, that'll Sounds be like for, a tomorrow problem. Yeah, that that'll be a, a thing for me to figure out later. Um, anyways, Alyssa, Wes. how are, how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good, and I could try and say the same answer. I don't remember what I said. I just said it's been a week since I talked on Game Over, and it's you know Christmas break and all that good stuff. And I was hoping to come back to something to talk about, and we have something to talk about tonight, so that's always a good sign. We do. Uh, just just for a little little tease before we get into the game, this was a pretty good game for the uh, the Alyssa narrative. We had, as you said in your tweet, we had the the PLD uh, penalty shot goal. We had Mark Shifley getting a hat trick. And just an absolutely phenomenal game from Vili Hanola. Uh, those are all things we're going to get into right away. But before we do so, I uh, think you know which way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn19+. Please play responsibly. I got to tell you, I uh, one of the guys I went to high school with um, has been super into sports betting for quite a few years now. And then we were chatting and I texted him. Tonight. I was like, put money on a Mark Shifley hat trick. And he's like, I'm not putting money on a Mark Shifley hat trick. I was like, put money on a Mark Shifley hat trick. So he did. And guess what? Mark Shelfie got a hat trick. Got to shout out Adam Lowry for that one because he really put in the work. For that's, that a, trick. that's that's so funny. Do you know how much he won? I don't. He said he put ten dollars on, so I don't think it's probably that, that much. No, we'll that's that should be a to to get a hat trick. That should be pretty good odds. Um, I'll, I'll ask him. I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. Sounds good. Perfect. Um, yeah, as we were saying, uh, of course, this was Sam Gagne's thousandth game. Um, you know, I we just you know just wanted to give before we jump into the game a, a bit of a, a tip of the cap to him. He's been a bit of a journeyman. Has kind of. Uh, you know, reinvented his career here and there. You know, of course, he started out. I feel like he's played in the league forever. I still remember being like, I don't know, like five, six years old, seven years old, maybe. Uh, and him being a part of like, I I want to say he was a part of that Edmonton Oilers team that went to the cup final. I don't know if he was. I think he was. Uh, but it feels like he's been around for forever. So a uh, little tip of the cap to him. Uh, congrats, Sam Gagne. Um, congrats on being one of the top five players dressed in a Winnipeg Jets uniform tonight. That's true. That's true. Uh, it was a very interesting game. Um, Alyssa and I were kind of talking about how we wanted to approach this game here, and it really felt like it was the tale of two teams, uh, two two Jets teams, that is, of course. Um, Alyssa, what did you think about kind of how the Jets played in, let's just say, let's just say generally the first half of the game versus the second half of the game? And did you, was there anything that really stuck out to you as like, you know, what changed for the Jets in order for them to kind of get get the ball rolling a little bit better? Well, sometimes when it comes to these sorts of things, I feel like I use similar answers, like the types of chances that were created really changed the narrative of a game. But one general term I think I'd use to talk about the very beginning of that game was puck management. Generally speaking, the first part of that game, I thought their puck management was very, very poor in every zone of the ice. Like, obviously, we could talk a little bit about the Dylan Semberg pizza that led to that opening goal of the game that set the tone really early. (laughs) Just brutal. (laughs) That was bad. Um, But like, and again, but I'm not a fan of isolated plays to judge a team or a player's game. But I thought generally speaking, like when they were in the offensive zone, they were fumbling pucks and they, you know, they weren't clean coming out of the zone. Their passes were poor, that nothing was sharp, nothing was crisp. And I thought generally just across the table that made for 
a really rough start to the game. Absolutely. And that's that's exactly what I have written down here on my sheet. Um, The way I do is I kind of write out a game log and then I write down kind of my general thoughts on each period. And my first period thought, uh, my main thing that stuck out, first shot was 11 minutes in. That's been a theme for the Jets this year. They have not been good at getting their, you know, getting their chances quick, being able to, you know, jumpstart from the start of, uh, you know, the start of the game, even the period, even the second period tonight, the Jets were, um, you know, for the first, what was it, five, six or so minutes, um, they were just not able to get many shots on. And when it came to the first period, this is, again, going back to what I had written down here, um, I had that they weren't really following up on their rebounds. One of the things that, uh, I found that Colin Colin Delia again. He's he's like a third string goalie. So you know the Jets sh- and, and I, I think also just in general to in, to envelope this entire conversation we're gonna have. We do need to acknowledge that this was against the Canucks, a team that is a bit of a bottom feeder. Um, obviously the Jets have not been uh, you know aren't the healthiest team. They've got I don't know like five of their <laughs> top twelve forwards playing. Um, so, but I, I think it is important to give that context. But Colin Delia is a goalie who was who tonight was giving up tons and tons of rebounds. And I think that that was one of the, one of the keys that the jets um, initially go at at the start. They weren't really able to follow up on the rebounds and make chances out of what the, the shots that they were getting, because it was mostly from the perimeter. What I found was really the key to their success, other than obviously the power play, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, I thought that the big, the big difference was that the jets kind of realized that the center of the ice was a lot more open for the taking than they thought it was. And I think that they did a really good job adapting and and finding ways to create uh, better chances. Absolutely. And, and David in the chat says, you know, although from the Jets' perspective, the start wasn't good, they did pour it on in the second. And I absolutely agree. And I think part of that comes down to two of the really big points that Brady mentioned was the ability to manage that neutral zone a little bit better and break up the center of that ice and then also capitalize on those rebounds and not necessarily score on every single one, uh, but you know, actually utilize them to create some more chances in front of the net because like Brady and I will scream from the rooftops, like you can never have too many net front chances, right? And if you can take advantage of the ones that are given to you by those strong rebounds, then then it creates more pressure, more added zone time, more high danger scoring chances. And, you know, the odd time you will score like they did in a couple times tonight. So absolutely, absolutely. And as uh, as I was kind of saying, I, I think, um, you know, in the whole context thing, uh, I, I think it is also kind of important for us to look at this game and kind of realize that, Every single goal that was scored by the Jets tonight was a special teams goal, you know, whether it was on the power play, whether it was the uh, obviously the PLD um, uh, shootout goal. Um, their their so their special teams tonight was was really good. And again, it's it, it is against the Canucks. They do have one of the worst, if not the worst PK in the league. Um, what did you see? What What was really the. What did you find was the keys to the goals that the Jets had scored on the power play? Did you find that there was anything in specific that led to them scoring? Um, or was it just kind of the the power play, uh, you know, you continue to work and work and work and eventually you get what you uh, you deserve? Yeah, and I would say it's the kind of thing that, again, um, you might hear me give a similar answer every time that we find that the power play has a good game. And I think the movement was good, right? Like, I think when your power play is fluid and that you have, you know, that, that strong possession and you can... Um, you know, move that puck where you want it to go. I think that that leads to a stronger power play. And I thought their movement was good tonight. And I think generally speaking, that's a good overarching theme uh, about what I specifically liked about it. 
For sure. I uh, I completely agree. When it came to the uh, the goal, I mean, also, we we should give, uh, you know, a bit of a, a stick tap to the Jets on the fact that they, you know, they did draw a decent amount of calls, especially in the second half of the game. That's a sign of a team that is kind of taking it to the other teams. You're forcing them to make errors. Uh, an example would be the Travis Dermott uh, interference yeah. penalty, where it's like that was a penalty that he had to take. Absolutely. And um, and that just comes from the Jets p- pouring it on to um, onto the the Canucks. Um, you know, for me, I look at the the goals that came on the power play here, and I think it was, again, uh, uh, a lot of movement was created, but also I found that the Jets realized that the Canucks were really um, just kind of collapsing. And so what do you do when you collapse? You try to make chaos in front. Uh, you try to get shots, uh, you know, from the point through that traffic. Of course, you have to find a lane. You can't just throw it at 18 bodies, not 18 bodies, geez, <laughs> uh, nine bodies in front. <laughs> I just said a number, clearly. <laughs> uh, you um, doubled. You did some inadvertent mental math. So yeah, yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, again, the first goal, the first Shifley goal, it comes off of a tip off of a, a Josh Morrissey shot. Again, the puck was moving very, very well, very fluently on that power play. And it was great to see the Jets actually, you know, get something from it. Uh, shout out Mark Shifley. Great job. Um, and uh, update on the Mark Shifley situation. Um, my friend profited $45. So he won 55 yo! on a $10 bet. So good for him. Kind of slay. Kind of slay. Good stuff. You should get he, a, a little $5 commission. Has, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. And uh, currently he has money on the Coyotes winning. I think it was a plus 650 and $10 bet. So Ooh. we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Not bad. Uh, little little news break from uh, from Noah Lafort in our uh, in our uh, chat here. Uh, bonus says that Morrissey has a lower body injury, but hopefully he will be back for next game. Um, as we kind of saw at the end of the game there, he took a, a pretty tough hit from Tyler Myers. I'm, I'm surprised to see that it was a lower body injury, Ooh. especially considering Sorry. Tyler Myers is yeah. so big. Um, <laughs> I, I'm surprised to see that, but, uh, in my opinion, um, with the way that the jets are playing, I mean, they're already band-aided up. If he's not a hundred percent, I personally think that they need to sit him. Uh, Josh Morrissey has been such an important piece to the, to the jets all year long. Um, I'd rather have him sit a game in, um, you know, a game in, in January or December, or I guess, December technically still, um, then have him push himself when he's, you know, maybe only 75%. Um, but that's just my opinion. I don't know where you fall on that. Um, oh, no, for sure. Especially while everyone's like, you know, the, the just we're just trying to get through this next couple, you know, this next stretch. We know how the Winnipeg Jets look when their stars are playing banged up. They look awful and it stretches out the length of the injury time. If people need some time to heal, just just give them a second. It's OK. It's OK. Josh, I promise you can rest. The city of Winnipeg <laughs> will go on. All right. Well, you know what? I, I was planning on doing this at the end of the show, but it kind of leads into it. We got to talk about Billy Hinola, you know, and especially here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Josh Morrissey is not 100% for next game, don't play him. And we saw in the third period, the Jets, Rick Bonus absolutely trusted Billy Hinola to go out there. He had a fantastic game today. I'm going to go. I I have a bit of a spiel I want to want to say about him. I'll give you the floor really quickly while I gather my thoughts on what I wanted to really highlight from his game tonight. Alyssa, your boy, Philly Hainola, go off. This floor is yours. Okay, so originally Brady and I were talking about Philly Hainola before this game, right? Because we understand the situation that he's in. And with the nature of injuries on the Jets' blue line right now, this is going to be his best chance to solidify a spot in the lineup. And the last 
couple games that he has been able to play. Obviously, last game, I believe it was, he was out, Kappa was back in. Um, I thought that he was good. And people are always like, oh, Billy Hainala is bad in his own zone. He can't defend, all these kinds of things. Like, that's what that's what the general public will say about him, the casual fans, if I may. Um, but in Billy's Hainala's showings in the last couple of games, He's been very solid, which is what we wanted from him because that was the area that we were worried. But my sentiment going into this game was, okay, we know that you can be solid and that's great. That's important. Now we need to show, you need to show us what you're good at because that's your competitive advantage and I need him to do that. And I thought that early in this game, he he wasn't really doing that. Like he was still solid and I thought he was one of the better defenders, especially early on when some of them, like we know what kind of year Neil Pionk's been having and some of the passes he's been making and some of the things that just make you go, what and Billy Hanel wasn't doing any of that uh but like you said Brady like near the end of the game especially with less minutes from Josh and um you know having some power play time and stuff like that I thought Billy Hanel was really good and I'll just cite one play in particular um Billy Hanel was on the power play uh second unit of course and uh you know have the possession puck turnover and Billy Hanel as the defenseman does on a power play uh is defending on the rush And he's coming in and he's in the middle of the ice, right? And the defending player pulls a little bit to the goalie's right on the left wing there. And Adam Lowry is chasing him. And you see Billy Hanola make the read. And he tells Adam Lowry to stick with that guy. And he pulls back a little bit to defend the other guy coming in off the rush. No scoring chances created because they are able to effectively manage that, right? Obviously, it's a shorthanded chance. Those aren't always the biggest, strongest things in the world. But that calm, cool collectedness of that read I think was a good it's a good play to kind of pick out to show as an example of the kind of game that he had it was a good game Rick Bonus all the power to him trusted him he put him out at four on four which is great we know how good Billy Hainola can be um with more space on the ice and all that kind of stuff generally speaking I thought he had a fantastic game Brady said he had a spiel apparently I had a spiel too but when do I not when is it about Billy Hainola so <laughs> that is that is totally okay and I completely agree with most of the things that you said Uh, The Uh only thing I'm going to disagree with is that I thought from the get-go, he had a fantastic game. I thought at the start of the game, he in the first period, he was the only defenseman I saw who was able to confidently break the puck out without, um, you know, just throwing it up the wing, uh, making bad passes. Um, I want to bring up a a little tweet here from Garrett Hole. He always, you know, gives us a little some stats. Uh, Hinola played shelter mints, but finished at 5v5 with 83% Corsi. So that's just shot attempts. 99% 99% expected goals, three controlled exit, zero uncontrolled or failed, two controlled entries, two uncontrolled, zero failed, and a lot of puck touches over his 18 shifts. This was the game. This was Vili Hinola's game. By far his best of the season. I thought he played great against Boston back in the day. Not back in the day. A couple weeks ago. Um... But that was a complete and perfect, uh, like, uh, what I thought about the the Boston game is he played well, but he played well in the sense of he didn't do anything bad. He was good defensively, and that's what the Jets are wanting to see from him. They know he can do the offensive stuff. But I thought that it, the defensive side of things kind of came at a bit of a uh, a hit to his offensive side of things. Again, he was still making nice breakout passes and everything like that. But it didn't seem like he was... Um, you know, as effective offensively as we've seen him in the AHL or if we've seen him in preseason, we've seen him here, there, and everywhere. And tonight, I thought that he was fantastic on both sides of the puck. There were many shifts I spent where I was just kind of almost locked in on him in front of the net. And he's found such a perfect way of boxing guys out. 
you can see that he's putting the effort in and also with his stick like every single time that he's in front of the net instead of just trying to body a guy out he understands the position he's in he understands he's a smaller guy what does he do he ties the guy's stick up every single time and that is something that should be commended and again that none of this came at 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 the detriment of his offense tonight he was a two-way force i thought in the offensive zone, there was one play in specific where I'm like, I have to talk about just this one in specific. Um, it was in the second period, and there were just a couple times where Vili gets the puck at the blue line. He walks the line, moves over, creates some space. Um, you know, he doesn't really exactly find the, you know, the the passing lanes that he wants. And instead of just like trying to take a shitty, you know, slap shot on net, that's not his style. Rather than that, you know. He throws one of those nice light wrist shots, flicks it on on net. It's got it's a little bit high up, and it, it reminds me a lot of of John Klingberg back when he, in the heyday of the Dallas Stars power play. Like that was one thing that he was doing that was different from the rest of the league. You had your Dustin Bufflins who were on the point and they were just trying to power it through. Whereas uh, John Klingberg and what I'm seeing from Billy Hainola too. Um, they prefer to have a bit more of a finesse shot where they're kind of it's almost like they're throwing it into open space uh, towards the net available for tips. It's a lot easier to tip a fluttery shot than it is a um, than it is a, a booming slap shot from a Dustin Bufflin type um, on the same shift. And this is why I wanted to talk about it. Another time uh, he, he he pinched on on the left boards really well, had a perfect, fantastic read. The puck ends up coming back up the wall. He skates across the blue line. He looks for the shot. It's completely empty, or it's it's completely covered in front. There's too much traffic to even try to get a shot in front. What does he do? He doesn't just try to power it through like a Logan Stanley, or even sometimes Dylan Sandberg is, is guilty of it too. He throws it into the corner where there is complete and open space. The puck goes to Kevin Stanley behind the net. And I think like three or f like three good chances came of this. Like this is the higher, like this is the high elite IQ. I know we hate the term hockey IQ, um, but this is this is the type of offensive mind that the Jets need just in general. He provides so much. He, he was so dynamic tonight. Again, it was only one game. It was against the Canucks. I am completely, I completely understand. But regardless, if we're looking at this game here, there is absolutely no reason that this guy should be out of the lineup within the next two games, in my opinion. Um, and of course, to finish it off, if they really want to bring Capo Bianco in, obviously, if Morrissey's hurt, that's one thing. Um, if Morrissey's not hurt, uh, I'm sorry, t tonight, it's Dylan Sandberg who's out. Like, he ha started off pretty rough. I thought in the end, he finished his game off pretty well. Um, for a decent half of the game, he was playing with Billy, and then he was kind of they were kind of flip floppy. They stabilized him by putting him with Billy Hanala. Some <laughs> words we never thought we'd say, but to be fair, what is the alternative? Exactly, with Neil Pionk. So, <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't think Pionk was to blame for the pizza at the no, start of I the know. game. <laughs> I just mean that if you're looking for a safety net to try and recoup yourself a little bit, that's not what I'm picking. Absolutely, I uh, I completely completely agree with you there. Um. All right. Do you have anything you want to jump to next while I, I try to think of what, what would make sense here? Yeah, no, like I think you kind of finish off. Like I do think it's important to like when you use terms like hockey IQ, like there's a reason they exist. I just feel like people throw them around all the time. Mm -hmm. Like the, the one right now is uh, puck moving defenseman, I find is a word that people are just using to talk about dudes. And it's like, do you even know what that means? Um, But like, I, I think that, that pointing out 
those individual situations like uh Atacan man says in the uh, in the chat right like Villa made a nice pinch on his own missed shot aware he was the only guy to see that like right like those are the kinds of plays that we can isolate and be like look that's a good example but you talked specifically about that one chance that led to more chances from that fourth line with Stenlin and I want to talk about them a little bit um this is another situation where I feel like I'll start it off and say that I can use the word um like I, I don't know like not intangibles in this situation but like for example like AJF has this hilarious straight line speed of just like an absolute workhorse dude dude runs down the ice like he's just going right and like he'll I would say that like noticeably he's a guy who delays icings more than almost anyone on this team yeah. where he beats the guys to the end to, to save the team from you know getting an icing right there and there was one situation where he did that and right before he did the broadcasters were talking about how the guys were out on a long shift and it's like that you could have literally ended up with a goal against if he hadn't gotten that icing and you had a really tired lineup with, um, you know, that ice puck in the, the D zone faceoff, right? Like little things like that. So I think that Kevin Sedlin's line is worth talking about. I know you want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I think they've been a lot of fun on um, the last little bit. And yeah, let, let's talk about them. For sure. Um, in a game like tonight, I think that that the Stenlin lined, um, the, sorry, the Stenlin lined, allowed the Jets a lot more depth than they actually have. Obviously, we know the injuries that the Jets are kind of that the Jets have right now. They've got however many guys in the in the on the top on the forward side of things that are um, that are out and injured. Um, I found that because obviously tonight we you know, we didn't go back to the the top line, uh, the big line of having, you know, Connor Dubois and Shifley all together. Instead of that, we had Lowry drop on, or sorry, Shifley drop down to play with Lowry, which kind of gave the Jets a bit of, you know, at least the top two lines kind of thing. Of course, it is a depleted top two lines, but better than, you know, the second line being, geez, what was it the other night? Like Harkins, Lowry, and uh, Barron, like much better than that, in my opinion. And I thought that the Stenlin line has been really good uh, you know this today we had a bit of a di different iteration than last game um coolman was on that line last game tonight we had morgan baron who i think has been absolutely fantastic in kind of like that third line role he's been really good at at playing a shutdown kind of line um but man kevin stanlin has been fantastic since joining the jets and this is a guy who in my opinion you can't take out of the lineup once everyone becomes healthy he's been too good on both ends of the puck and as i was saying tonight he kind of allowed the jets to have that lowry shutdown third line even though lowry wasn't on it um even with having lowry you know be in the top six i thought that you know i i noticed that every single time that the jets wanted to keep the momentum that they had uh going you know after a power play goal even after the 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 canucks had scored um Kevin Sandlin line was put out, which is kind of what Rick Bonus has kind of assigned, uh, you know, the traditional third line of Lowry and Barron and whoever. Uh, and I am just I'm just looking at these guys and I'm going, they're making, you know, they're they're squeezing blood out of a stone. You know, these are all guys who, again, one of them is Morgan Barron. The other started the year in the AHL and the other one was placed on waivers. And yet they're coming in here and they they played a fantastic game tonight. I would love to see. Um, I think that Sten, Stenland and AJF have fantastic chemistry together. I think that Stenland understands that he can put the puck into space. And, you know, AJF is going to be the one who wins that race. Uh, I've been pretty critical of uh, Janssen Fialbi this year um, and his output. Rather, you know, if he's just kind of doing empty calorie, um, you know, 
uh, offense kind of thing where I thought tonight that line was clicking. There was many times where Stenlin was driving the net. Morgan Barron had a really nice drive from the right side. I think it was in the second period. Uh, and and Jonsen Fialbi was just a, a bugger. He was just an absolute pest. Um, he was just constantly in the, the Canucks hair all night. I thought that that line was absolutely fantastic. And I would love to see it kind of stick together. I would love to see some sort of iteration of Stenland, Fialbi, and whoever uh, as a fourth line. I thought Kuhlman played really well uh, last game with those two guys. And then also, uh, I, I'll ask your opinion because I, I disagreed with, I saw some people flaming Kuhlman again tonight on Twitter, and I've been very critical of him. Uh, what have you thought of his game so far with the Jets as well as tonight? So I want to be careful with what I say here because a lot of people that I did see flaming Coolman are people that I agree with on most things. And I, I'm kind of on your side here. And here's my issue. Okay, this is <laughs> don't cancel me. Um, But I think <laughs> saying that he had a rougher game tonight is a little bit of a lazier take, if you know what I mean, just because his mistakes were glaring. He biffed on so many Mark Shifley setups tonight that it's like, well, not biff, but like didn't score on them. Some of them were okay shots. Some of them he did miss on a little bit kind of thing, but it's like they were finishing mistakes. And I find that sometimes finishing mistakes are easier to pick out than other mistakes. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, I do. And I, I actually do completely agree with you on this. Um, this is that's um, that's kind of the way I was looking at this as well. Uh, I thought that. W- we should give credit to him. He was very frequently in the right spots. He was constantly yeah. getting slot chances, uh, whether that be through passes, whether that be through, uh, you know, the, the rebounds and everything like that. Also, just around the net, like there was a lot of times where I, there was one shift where he had like three in tight scoring chances. Of course, he doesn't score on them. My biggest criticism of Carson Kuhlman, I just don't think he's that guy. He's just not that guy. He's not the yeah. guy to play in your top six and be an effective scoring punch. Uh, but I do think that he does provide some value in the sense of he's good defensively. He's a pretty hard worker. He's a bit of a grinder. Um, and I thought that of all the players, I, I don't I don't see tonight uh, me looking at him and going, he had a bad game. I do not. I disagree with that completely. I thought that he was getting himself in the right areas, was getting a lot of scoring chances. Sure, he hasn't pot one home. But if if one goes in, are are we complaining about his finishing? Like, I, I just think it is a little bit tough to to throw that criticism onto him, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think it's also the kind of thing where it's like, comparatively to some of the other games that he's had too, I thought it wasn't as bad. Like, especially when he first got here, it was, it was kind of rough out the gate. And I think that that was the issue that I found, especially early on in the game when we were talking about puck management, right? Um, Was... um. I felt like it was giving, I've been watching a lot of world juniors lately and every single team is kind of the same way, especially the powerhouse teams where it's like, you know, there's a lot of talent there, but there's not a lot of team there and you get it because they don't play with each other all the time. And the jets are kind of in a similar boat where they're playing with their regular line mates. And sometimes, you know, the pass is there, but the recipients not or vice versa. And there's kind of some of those miscommunications, which I thought was part of the puck management issues early on. Um, Where was I going with this? Oh yes. That's what I found with Carson Kuhlman earlier when he first joined the team was exactly that. And you do find that that's the case with a lot of players is when they're adjusting to new line mates and stuff like that, there there are those miscommunications. Um, so I thought that, I think that he's gotten better. And like you said, he's not that guy and that's not his fault. It's the injury's fault. Um, but I thought he was okay tonight. Uh, and I thought that Mark Shifley did what he could. <laughs> For sure. Um, this is a question I asked at the end of the, my last stream. Uh, and I would like your opinion. I am going to put you on the spot a little bit here. 
when the Jets get healthy, who is your bottom six? Who are the guys where you're like, you look at those guys and you think, that's a guy who I'm keeping in the lineup. I almost no matter what this guy I'd like to see around. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't work out. Uh, what's your your thoughts on all that? Because we've had a lot of guys roll through uh, from the AHL, from waivers, from everything like that. Um, where do you stand on that? OK, so part of that, that's a bit of a loaded question to me, because who's in my top six? Um that's like that is a fair question, actually. <laughs> because I think my top six is um Perfetti, Shifley, Ehlers, Connor Dubois, and then that's my question mark is who's the guy? Um, so let's say it's Blake Wheeler. Let's just say mm. it's Blake. Let, let's just, say, let's it's just Blake, say it's Blake Wheeler. Let's just say it's Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler at at worst will be playing on the third line. Like with with the way the year is running, I keep Lowry at three C and David Gustafson, I move to the wing with Adam Lowry I think because I like more usage of him and I also think that his defensive like I don't know I like defensive wingers because I like when they can plug up the boards a little bit more when guys are breaking up on the rush and I think David Gustafson's good at that and I want more playing time from him so I put him there and I think I put them with maybe a Morgan Barron and then that leaves ooh, maybe I go <laughs> Esamont, Stenlin, AJF, and then Harkins as a 13th forward. I, I, I need to remind you because we always need the reminder. Mason, Mason Appleton, Appleton exists. I don't know. You, 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 no? I don't even know anymore. I don't know where <laughs> I put him. I package him up in a trade for Connor Garland is what I do. Real. <laughs> <laughs> with with Pionk. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks are just going to become a graveyard for awful Winnipeg Jets defenders. I, I'm going to say something really mean to you tonight, right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got her to spill the water. <laughs> okay. I'm going to see something really mean to you tonight. Billy just had his best showcase game for for a Bo Horvat trade. <laughs> oh, no, man. it's so real. It's no, it's so real because I hate it when people like there's some there's nothing worse than when people create their trade packages and they throw their trash in it. It's like if it's your trash. It's everyone else's trash, too. No one wants it. So you need to understand that if you want Bo Horvat, you're going to have to give up something good. And it's probably Billy Hanel, if I'm being completely honest. Like, I, yeah, yeah, but yeah. so true. Showcase game. Showcase, Showcase game. game. <laughs> um, I I think for, for me, I, I also have not really settled on this as well, too, because while I do believe that um, I would like to have a Stenlin AJF someone else line i also think that stenlin's just been so good that i would love to see him play on the third line with lowry and baron um in my opinion i think baron is kind of stapled next to uh (laughs) next to uh lowry but also at the same time um you know i i i again have no idea what to say about appleton i think just naturally he ends up on your third line which kind of stinks but you know he's a guy he's whatever he does he does fine um but also at the same time, I'm I'm looking at it. I go, Stenland's a guy. I don't think you can take out of the lineup. I would, re- I, I unfortunately the Gus bus is running out of a little bit out of fuel for me. I love the guy yep. and I, I am cheering for him so much. But unfortunately, I just I, he just hasn't been as good as some of the other guys. Like I, to be we honest, we need with more you. from him. No, we absolutely need more from him. I agree. But I think that. And uh, yeah, and I want it like you said. I, I'm rooting for him, so I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt and everything. Um, but Dave in the chat says that like Gus might be worth a try um, with 55 instead of Coolman. And like honestly, yeah, because they're not going to scratch Gus until they have to, right? And 
Throw him, give him a chance somewhere else. Cause... And he, he has experience playing top line minutes, obviously with the Moose, but also even with like the Swedish national team um, going back to World Juniors and stuff like that. Uh, and he has shown that he has some sort of offensive punch to to him. I think he's just trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, also also he's being kind of asked to be a defensive guy. So I think that that's probably where his focus is um, rather than, you know, taking a little bit more risks. But uh, I also, too, would love to see him with other guys. I've always been, uh, you know, king of of uh, just try things so that when push comes to shove, you know what you got to do. And that's the one thing I'll say that is actually decent about the Jets uh, being pushed into the situation they're in currently with all the injuries. At least we're figuring out what has to happen when injuries may come, uh, should that be in playoffs or approaching uh, the playoffs with, you know, the Jets fighting for whichever spot they're in at the time. Um, Did you have any other final thoughts here? I think we could probably wrap it up right away here. I think we need to talk about just the fun of the evening. We Mark Scheifele's hat trick was yeah. a ton of awesome. And also, Pierre-Luc Dubois, God bless his heart, has the temper of a six-year-old, <laughs> is just one of the most fun players in the Winnipeg Jets to watch. And I don't think that he and Cal Connor were enough of a storyline for me tonight to want to talk about. But, like, yeah. the penalty shot, come on. Give me a freaking break. Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois is just... I obviously I love him like I did my little story time on TikTok the other day explaining to everyone my story of how Pierre-Luc Dubois became my favorite player everyone knows that right and like it's so he's near and dear to my heart for many reasons but like he's also the kind of player you want on your team he gets everyone fired up he gets a team yeah. he gets a crowd fired up it's a ton of fun that penalty shot was so awesome I actually have a question for you guys if you don't know Brady is a ref um why when they call a penalty shot, is it the hand up and then point at the center of the ice? But then sometimes it's the crossed uh, arms with the X. What's the difference? The the difference is rule sets. So in the NHL, they just point to center ice. I don't I, I don't know. There's no specific reason for it. But in, oh, inter, just... in I think it's in international play as well as the Hockey Canada, Hockey Canada rule book. This oh, is the okay. uh, you can't see because because of, of Zoom, but. This is the uh, the the cross above the head is the yes. penalty shot. Uh, okay. My question to you before we do wrap up here: uh, Did you think that he deserved the penalty, the the interference penalty, where he was just boxing whoever it was? I think it was Horvat. He was just boxing him out. Okay, again, and that's that's I think because <laughs> I know this player so well, and I know he has a temper of a six year old, and like I he can't like I was thinking kind of yeah because I was like it's just gonna get out of hand here like. Um, I, again, I don't know. I'm not a ref. I, I don't know. I also think that I have like an overcorrecting bias on Pierre-Luc Dubois where every time he does something wrong, I'm like, oh my God, like this freaking guy. Like, you know when you do when it's like, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, that was a penalty and people are like, mm, no, no, it wasn't. But my, if it were any other player, I'd be like, no, it's not. My, <laughs> I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. If it's any other player, no, it's not. But with him, uh, he has has drawn enough penalties that are maybe, you know, maybe so so that I think that he just doesn't get the benefit of it out there. And it, it, it kind of inter- is interference. But, it, you know, if he just has a stick on the puck, then he's just boxing a guy out, you know. Um, but it is what it is. I think that he uh, he had a great game, especially with that. Uh, he drew like he completely drew the penalty shot like he absolutely, absolutely. used his body. Oh, goodness. <laughs> We we lost lists from uh, from our Zoom call. Uh, that means we are definitely going over time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that he he did very well to uh, to to box the guy out and uh, and and you know draw the penalty as well as score on the penalty shot. But either way, 
Uh, this was a fantastic game from the Jets. Uh, obviously, started off slow, but uh, a great win. Uh, hopefully, they can build on it. Uh, but it was a fantastic night here. I hope you guys all have a wonderful evening for uh, for myself and Liz uh, for Game Over. Have yourselves a good night. Check us out on Twitter uh, for me at NHL Chunky, uh, for Liz at L-Y-S-S-H-O-U-D-E. Uh, follow at SDPN Sports. Check out Sports Interaction if you feel like doing a little little betting. And have yourselves a wonderful evening. Stay safe. Enjoy the new year. I, I, Liz will be with you guys on New Year's Eve um, while I'm out doing other stuff. So <laughs> have yourselves a good one. Stay safe. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.